Traverse City, Michigan, right now, and they're, uh, well, they're just out of church about 15 minutes ago. They're probably going over to some restaurant to eat right now. And uh, I want you all to know that you're not going to get to go right now. No, I'm kidding. I'm, I'm not going to be long. I'm not going to be real long. But I, but I do want you to know that they send their love, and uh, they are uh, excited to get to go see uh, Michael's mom. And uh, the boys had not seen her in five years, and she's 80, 83 years old. And uh, they got to go to Michigan and stay a couple of weeks. And, well, this last week's coming up. And I think that's a smart move. I really do. And uh, praise God for that. They sent us a picture yesterday of uh, Tanner and Riley standing at Lake Michigan with that beautiful water, that dark blue water. You go to our gulf down here, and it's not beautiful, dark blue, kind of dark tan. <laughs> Getting the wrong place, medical supplies from some hospital are floating back up on the, <laughs> on the beach. They've even given warnings about that on the news. But uh, the sailboats were out there with all those white sails, and Michael and Ryder standing there with uh, on the white sand and just looking out. And uh, I thought, wow. And they texted us and said it was uh, uh, burning up with heat at 80 degrees. And uh, I sent them a picture of my thermometer, and it was 102. And then uh, I got a one back from them that night, and they're... The temperature last night was 61. Oh, man, why did God make Texas? <laughs> well, I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad I'm here, right? How about you? And uh, Michael's not from Texas. He got here as soon as he could. Uh, it took somebody like Melissa to get him here. But uh, anyway, it, it's good to have uh, this, uh, this great time with all of you today. Chip. We'll be preaching tonight here, okay? Our uh, kids, pastors over there, Chip and Lily. How many of y'all heard from God last Sunday morning? Oh, Father, did she ever preach. It was unbelievable. And uh, I always do this when I hear preachers preach and do such a great job like that. I walked up after it was over and I said, you, you followed my notes so well. And uh, she just kind of looked at me like stunned. Like, I didn't get that from you, and uh, I knew she didn't get it from me because it was too good. But uh, it, it was a great Sunday, and I appreciate that. And uh, thank you for being here, and God bless you real good. Uh, the announcements have been made, and uh, we know what's going on around the body here. Uh, pray for Eleanor right here. Eleanor lost one of her brothers not long ago, just, what, eight weeks ago or so, 45 days ago. And uh, and then uh, uh, that brother was younger, Jake. We probably all knew Jake. I've been knowing him forever. And then uh, her older brother that attended church with her some here and went out to our camp meeting and went to a lot of our different functions, he went home to be with the Lord. And uh, he is going to be having his service at Corley Chapel on uh, Wednesday at 2 o'clock. So if you can break your schedule loose to go up and uh, honor his life and uh, support Eleanor and their family, it would be, it would be very Christ-like for you to do that. 
And uh, I do appreciate uh, uh, all of their lives, everybody here especially. How many of you have ever gone through a period in your life of confusion? Could I see your hand? Okay, so I'm going to get to preach to everybody here today. Everybody here. Confusion is really no fun, is it? What what confuses us? Is it, uh, well, boy, I hate to do this, but I've already got my notes, so I'm going to do it. And I'll get talked to about it when it's over. So when it's over, then I'm going to slide out the back door and just go on my way. <clears throat> but this uh, psychiatrist who worked at a, an asylum, being real diplomatic here, uh, brought eight men into a room. And uh, they were all seated there in the asylum. And the psychiatrist pulled out a magic marker and drew a door on the wall, drew a handle and a dead bolt on the wall. And he said, uh, I want all you guys... Uh, to go out that door. And seven of the eight jumped up and ran to the door but couldn't find the knob or a place to unlock it. And uh, the eighth guy was just seated back. The psychiatrist thought, well, I'm making progress with him. I'm just trying to check, see how far I've come along with all these guys. And he said, sir, why didn't you come up here and try to get out that door? He said, because they don't know it, but I'm the only one in here that has the key. <laughs> so, so every once in a while, so every once in a while, we get confused. Would you grin real big? I'm needing a grin right now. Some of y'all are laughing and some of you are going like, oh, God. So what, what is it that confuses you? Would it be uh, a younger person who doesn't understand death? Uh, could it be when uh, uh, you have some type of confusion with a family member or a friend? Uh, what about uh, a medical term? When Barbara had her bypass surgery, the doctor was uh, in his office, and he called Barbara's doctor here from Dallas, and they were giving words I'd never heard of over the phone. It was confusing. What about uh, different things in your life, your finances? A guy told me the other day, he said, I'm having to work four jobs to keep my head above the water financially. I said, why don't you just start paying tithes and quit two of them and watch God meet your need? Got four amens. Wow, it felt good. Normally you don't get that many when you mention honoring God. Notice I didn't say money. I said honoring God, right? Right. Okay. I just didn't know if you all heard me or not. And sometimes the obscure is not revealed until later. If you knew everything from right here, you'd know the journey. 
but forgive my bluntness, we all don't know the journey yet. So we're in, in some type of obscurity. Events and things that are obvious seem to help us. You know what confuses me? A, a GPS. We, we bought a car, has a GPS, and I, I tried for like two years to make it work. It just doesn't work. I drove out to the uh, dealership and I said, Michael, my son-in-law, who pastors here, and I are going to be going to a funeral in 150 miles south of here. And I said uh, to the guy at the dealership, I said, uh, here's the address of the funeral home. Would you put all that in? And he said, oh, yeah, no big deal, old-timer. And, uh, of course, I don't buy cars there anymore. And as the country boy says, ain't no reason to, right? And uh, he slid in there, and he leaned over on his elbow under the steering wheel, and he did this and hit that and did so-and-so and did so-and-so and did so-and-so. And he said, thank you, ready to go now. So we got in the car, and uh, we headed down the road. And that woman that has the ugly voice, I think her name is uh, Siri. I heard her so much that day. I finally looked at Michael and I said, you know, her voice is terrible. And she's probably ugly too. <laughs> and uh, we, had, uh, we had a real time getting there. Sent us to the wrong exit. Turn here, turn here. Uh, recalculate, recalculate. And it went on. Man, I was as confused as I could be. And uh, I said, do we just need to stop at a gas station and buy a map? I don't know if they sell them anymore. Anybody going with that, right? And uh, I had a hard time figuring it all out. Finally, I'd made so many turns and had so many recalculations. It was all confusing and kind of crazy, and it went on so long. Uh, you won't hardly believe what happened. Siri said, please pull over at 400 yards at the pullout. I'm getting out. <laughs> Not really. Okay. Sonny, is that cute? Sonny, you like that? All right. Okay, you just keep reassuring me here, okay? And, uh, and so there are a lot of confusing things, and most of the things that confuse us are the obscure things, the things that we don't have figured out yet. Uh, the, uh, the obscure things also make us nervous. Does anybody go into something jittery and nervous about it when you're not really understanding where everything is going? Y'all give me a minute. I, I'm going to preach just that long, but my introduction's going to be that long, okay? And uh, uh, like, like Moses, and I'm not going to preach on Moses today, but just to in, interject this, Moses had to go through the obscure in order to, confu uh, to deal with his confusion. Uh, there was something that he didn't see from here all the way to the end. And we're always trying to figure out right here what's going to be out there. Would you, would you nod your head? That's, that is accurate, isn't it? And having said that, uh, 
Moses got the burning bush and he said, Okay, God, what's the plan? Let me in on it. We can do it. Let me in on it. But God didn't let him in on it. It had to be a step at a time. How many of y'all hate that part of it? May I see her? Yeah. So it had to go a step at a time. And, and, and we don't get the obvious until sometimes we go through the obscurities that are there. And if you're in a situation in your life today where something is not clear, uh, not distinct, not clearly marked out, then don't despair and don't give up and don't quit. Just keep on going forward. For the Scriptures say that the steps of a good man are ordered by God. And He will not leave you wrong. And you have to trust Him when you can't trace Him. A classic example of this would be the two Josephs in the Bible. Uh, one in the Old and the other in the New Testament. And uh, one in the Old Testament ended up in a pit. His brothers hated him. He went through a jail experience. He went through a bad deal with, uh, with a, a Potiphar's wife. He went through everything bad before he finally ended up in a chariot crowned right behind the king of the foreign country he went to. Then there was another Joseph in the Bible who was to be the, uh, not the biological, but the earthly father, we could call him, of Jesus. And there was Mary who was pregnant out of wedlock. And uh, there was an angel in a visitation. And there was all kinds of things. There were all kinds of things going on. And while they were going on, uh, he didn't have the future figured out right now. So he had to deal with confusion. Now, the Scriptures do say that God is not the author of confusion. But when it comes to humankind, if you know who I'm talking about, look at somebody to your right or left and you'll figure it out. Humankind, when it comes to humankind, the picture can kind of get distorted and not be real good. And that's when we become a little bit nervous. Saul of Tarsus got saved. And when he got saved, he didn't have a clue. <laughs> have you ever been clueless? Like, oh, I didn't know that. Well, he didn't have a clue. And uh, so God started working on Saul. Now look at my hands here. Here's Saul on the Damascus Road, evidently either on a pack mule, a donkey, or walking in some very primitive type of, uh, of uh, travel, end up on the ground. And, and uh, when he was there, he heard this voice and this blinding light that came. And while God was working on, <coughs> on Saul here, God was working on Ananias over yonder. So when you're in that obscure time in your life and you don't know the end from the beginning, 
Here's what you have to realize is that though you don't understand it now and you're confused, God is working somewhere else. Are you women now? Go ahead and give God a praise for that. That's good. And, uh, and when that happens, that's always kind of like touchy. It's kind of iffy. Are you sure? How many of y'all have ever been in a situation when you were iffy a little bit? Like, I don't know what to do right now. Amen? I read about a guy from the south who went up north. He always wanted to ice fish. That's what he always wanted to do. So he went up north, and the guy had an auger, and he dug down through the ice, and he built him a little shanty. And he got his little rod and reel that's only this long, you know. You've seen him do that. And they hold it right over the hole that's there, and they jerk the bait, and they try to get a bite. And, uh, and so there was this other guy that was going to ice fish. And they looked at him coming across the lake, and he was crawling on his hands and knees because down here you don't walk across a pond that has this much ice on it. You're dead. You are dead. You, it'll crack and you're gone. And this guy was crawling and shoving snow back and going a little further and feeling. And finally he got way up to where the shanty is and looked up around it, and there was a jeep sitting on the other side of it. And he said, what is going on? And the guy said, well, he just drove his jeep. On this, we're going to all die. It was very iffy. And we've all been through iffy situations. Uh, now, I want, I want you to hear this. God was working on the other end when... When Saul of Tarsus got saved. And while God was working on the other end and doing big things over there, Ananias was getting his word from God over there to get ready for what was going to happen over here. Somebody go on with me now say amen. And, and John, the beloved, was the same situation. He went to Patmos. He pastored in Ephesus. And then uh, later on uh, wrote a letter to the church of Ephesus. Is that, an, is that crazy? I mean, he pastored Ephesus and helped found the church. And then he later on got older and they voted him out. And, uh, and I resigned, folks. Don't look at me so serious. I didn't get voted out. And, uh, and when, he got, uh, when he got out of the church, he ended up preaching Christ and they put him in jail. And then while he was in jail, he wrote to the seven churches of Asia Minor and wrote to his former church and said, You guys have left your first love. And while they were over here in confusion, losing their love, God is working on the other end. Somebody picking up where I'm going? Now, maybe one more brief illustration, then I'll read a text and give you some heart of what I'm saying. John went through details. He was a pastor and apostle. He went to Patmos. Uh, you know, and if the apostle Paul walked in here today through those doors just Boom, boom, you know, like, you know, just you heard him, like that. And he walked in and said, I'm the Apostle Paul. And everybody in here had seen pictures of him and knew who he was. He, and he said, God sent me here to pastor this church. Yeah. I don't want to hurt your feelings, but you wouldn't have him to be your pastor for anything in the world. The first thing you, first thing you did wrong, he'd get right up here and he'd say, you don't know how to do communion. And he'd, he'd wear us out. And the next thing he'd tell us about the women and about the men 
And uh, the next thing he'd tell us about something else, and uh, he would go on and on. And we just don't have a tendency to put up with that, that kind of stuff. Well, who are they to come in here and tell us what to do? We're from the United States of America. Oh, boy, have I told you before, I have. God ain't from the United States. He wasn't born here. He didn't live here. He died overseas and went back to heaven over there. So I'm just trying to convey to you that it's easy to get confused. Here's a story. Joshua chapter 5. Okay. Uh, Joshua chapter 5. Here they are on this side. I found them. (laughs) Saints of God, hang on. I love these $7 glasses from Family Dollar. I made a mistake of saying that the other day in Dr. Dr. Benford's office. I said, let me get my glasses, see if I can read that. I said, I gave $7 for these, and he looked at my glasses. said, right. I can get you some good ones for about 400 <laughs> So, But seven's better for me, right? Come on. That's right, isn't it? Yeah. All right, let's look at Joshua 5. And uh, this story starts, uh, and, and let's look at Joshua 5 and verse 10. While the Israelites were camped at Gilgal on the plains of Jericho, they celebrated the Passover on the evening of the 14th day of the first month. Now, I've got to stop right there and tell you something about that verse. Uh, they had already moved into the Promised Land. And Gilgal, if you're a note taker, you have interest. And I know you are, a lot of you are. Gilgal is where Moses had reinstituted the rite of circumcision. Israel got busy. I want everybody's eyes fastened on me because I'm going to hurt your feelings right now, and I don't want to be mean about it, but you listen to me. Israel got busy. They got real busy, and they stopped obeying God's law about circumcision. And God stopped them and said, You go back and you start doing what I told you to do. And here we are, 4,000 years later, and we get busy, and we stop doing what God told us to do. Am I getting any good amens here? Now, if I don't get them, I'm going to amen my own preaching. You got it? I'm just going to tell you, I'm going to do it. Somebody said, why you do that? Because I ain't a good duck if I ain't going to quack from my own puddle, right? Okay. So... So, uh, so they had reinstituted uh, circumcision at Gilgal. Uh, and, and then the very next day, they began to eat leavened bread and roasted grain from the land. And no manna appeared on the day they first ate from the crops of the land. And it was never seen again. So look at me. Now, when you cross over and you deal with your confusion and you get where God wants you to be, in your situation, God will sometimes cut off that old manna because you're supposed to grow and get better food and grow along the way. Good preaching, huh? And by the way, in case you're worried about it, God also stopped the pillar of cloud in the daytime and the pillar of fire at night. When they crossed over, they didn't get the manna or the fire or the cloud. All three were gone. Uh, and, and, and if you'll help me, 
a little bit here. I can let you understand, uh, maybe in, in, a, in a very crude way, but, but once you grow to a place in God, sometimes you don't have to have every little thing handed you. You start growing and eating the right kind of stuff, and you mature in Christ. Can anybody give me a, a hearty support on that now? Now look at this next part here. Uh, so from that time on, the Israelites ate from the crops of Canaan. <laughs> That's funny. Because Canaan was the enemy, and they were growing crops, and God's people were eating up the prophets. <laughs> the, come on, buddy. I, that, that's just like God shows up from somewhere, and he does something big and good, and he blesses. And when he does, hallelujah, I got something from God. And, and it seemed like the devil came along, and you, you don't even have it figured out sometime. But you can deal with confusion if you'll just slow down a little bit and say, okay, God, I don't have this and figure it out. Moses didn't have it figured out. Saul of Tarsus didn't have it figured out. Joseph in the old Bible and Joseph in the new Bible didn't have it figured out. You can go on and on and on and keep going with it. And guess what? You'll never find, you'll never find anybody who had it all figured out at first. But you've got to keep on trucking and let God have his way. Now, that's country, but that's true. Now, let's look at our uh, point of reference. Uh, when Joshua was near the town of Jericho, he looked up and saw a man standing in front of him with a sword in his hand. And Joshua went up to him and demanded, Are you a friend or a foe? Are you for, are you for us or the enemy? You let me know whose side you're on. Now look at me. When you get close to God... And again, I'm still on my introduction because sermons will be that long, okay? But when you get close to God, you don't need to be shoving God around because this was an angel, the Lord of hosts. And if you'll be honest about it, this is Jesus Christ showing up. That's who it is. It's Christ. Jesus showed up. Somebody said, well, that's not like him. Oh, yes, it is. He showed up to Samson's mother and father, Manoah, right? Come on. The angel of the Lord showed up and said, you're going to have a son, and uh, you, you and your wife are going to name him Samson, which means Sonny, S-U-N-N-Y. That, that's for you, Sonny, right here. But, but that, that, because his name meant sunshine, brilliance, brightness. And then what did God do with Abraham? He's in a tent uh, under the oak trees of Mamre. And while he was there, uh, uh, <laughs> they were in the tent in the heat of the day. Uh, and there were three people that showed up, and one of them was the angel of the Lord, Jesus Christ. And, and Abraham got excited and said, go, go, go fix a meal, go kill a calf, uh, get milk and get water and, and, and set a table, have a banquet, build a big roast up here. We got, we're entertaining somebody big time. Uh, and so Jesus has a way of showing up when you're in your confusion. Jesus has a way of showing up when you don't have it figured out. He has a way of showing up when you're at the end. You say, what am I going to do now? I don't know. Can I tell you what y'all do? Y'all to turn off some of the 21st century series. They're going to tell you, well, the Lord told me to tell you to do this. And the Lord told me to tell you to do that. And the Lord told me to tell you to do this. And they finally get to trying to call the shots for your life. Turn off your spiritual 
cell phone and start listening to the Word of God. Go ahead and clap, everybody. Now, don't patty cake. You're going to clap. Let's do it, all right? Now, I'm not being mean when I tell you this, but your Bible works the best when it's opened up. Oh, boy. He's on a run today. Your Bible works good when you open it up and put your face in it. It's when you don't put your face in the words when it's not working for you. Now, now watch this. I'm about to wrap up my text here. Then I'm going to preach like a house on fire for just a few minutes. Are you ready? Everybody say, I'm ready. So he demanded, are you our friend, our foe? You're on our side or the other side. And the angel of the Lord, Jesus said, neither one. He replied, I am the commander of the Lord's army. And at this, Joshua fell with his face to the ground in reverence. I am at your command, Joshua said. What do you want your servant to do? How many of y'all see when it starts getting in focus now and the confusion is backing down in the obscurity, you get more secure. You got it? Get a little bit more feet on the ground. I'm feeling better about this. I'm not going to crawl across that ice-laden Michigan lake up there that's got ice on it that thick, afraid I'm going to die just because I'm crossing it. And look at this next part, verse 15. And the commander of the Lord's army replied, Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy. And Joshua did as he was told. And you know why a lot of us don't get what we're needing from God? is because God speaks to us and we don't do what we're told. And you know what I like about preaching? What I like about preaching is the fact that when I get through, there's not a third grader in the house that doesn't know what I said. Amen? And when I was learning to preach in Bible college and from my dad and from everybody, they were always letting me know, son, when you walk out of the pulpit, make sure everybody in the house could understand exactly what you were talking about. Now, Lily's ear is different from mine, and she wore this last Sunday. But her ear is not as bad as Michael's. I have to work two hours on getting it fixed after. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to take this mic and fix it and then get them another one. Is that all right with everybody? Okay. All right. <clears throat> so here we go. Let's, let's go to Jericho and the children of Israel and how they got out of confusion. Jericho stood in the front of Israel's goal. <laughs> I could stop there, but I'm not. Uh, Jericho also stands in front of us. And no matter what it looks like, let me tell you that there are people all around you that is facing a wall like Jericho right now in their life. Some of them are embarrassed about it. They won't talk about it, but it's still true. Now, in Joshua's life, this was one of the first calls that God gave to him to start walking by faith because all the time before that, he was right behind Moses. And when people came to Joshua and said, Joshua, what do you think? He said, well, I'm just the assistant pastor. You go talk to Moses. <laughs> Boy, wouldn't that be lovely? Amen. Oh, I, I'm, I don't, I'm not authorized for that. You go talk to Moses. When Moses is now dead and Joshua's moved up and he's got this experience going on because Moses had it for his day and now it's time for Joshua to have it. And Joshua had to do it God's way. And the way God wanted it done for his day. And Moses did it for his day when he was alive. 
It is hard to submit to the Lordship of Jesus Christ in the face of unsurmountable odds and multiple false gods. Little kingdoms in your heart, little areas in your heart, little things in your heart, and they're little kingdoms that you build up. Lord, take care of all the kingdoms in my heart. Get rid of them so I can follow you alone and have what you would have me be. We, uh, we don't understand when we're in obscurity and uncertainty that the road ahead of us can be very encumbering and very perplexing. But remember what I said about five or eight minutes ago. If you're going through it right here, God is working on it right in front of you. Hallelujah. And God's going to meet the need if you'll just keep your face set toward where God's going. Don't get in a rush. And patience, man, I don't like patience. At my age, that's a waste of time. Come on. Quit looking so innocent. Man, I'm telling you. Now, now the question uh, is, has the 40-year wilderness experience brought you to the place of not being a conqueror right now? Wow. Mm. There's a lot of get-offs on this one here. I'll just do one. Uh, has it gotten you to a place where you do not have one enemy in your life that's a slam dunk? Like, oh, I can conquer that in the name of Jesus. That's out of my way. But you have more enemies in your life that you just seem that you can't shake. Just can't get them off. I, I want to tell you that the wilderness experience can wear on you long enough that you'll finally and eventually end up, if you're not careful, giving way to the enemy. No matter what you've heard in your life in the past, Jericho is going to be on your road to the promised land, and you're going to have to get somewhere someday to overcome that in the name of Jesus. And that's the name of the game. That's what God's Word teaches us. Now, I want you to also understand this, and that is that uh, there was a messenger of God that showed up. And he astonishes everybody. And he gives a command to take off your shoes. Now, y'all remember that happened to Moses, remember? Amen. You know what my daddy had in faith in Christ? You know what he had? A lot of you know. Amen. Boy, guess what I got? I got a lot of that from B.W. Amen? And, uh, and, and I've received a lot from him. It's that generational thing. It gets passed down. Blessing, anointing, power, spirit of God, leadership, Right? It just, it just comes right on down. And I, and I really like the way that works. I do. And, and uh, it, it's so important. But, but Joshua says, wait a minute now. I'm the commander. Who are you? Are you on the Lord's side with us? Or are you over there with them? And it shocked him to no end when God said, neither one. Neither one. That's when you get T-boned. Somebody says, well, I don't understand God not helping him. Well, listen, let me help you understand. Are you ready? Come on, note taker, say amen. Here it is. He said, I am not on your side or the other side. I'm the captain of the Lord's host. And scholars, as I mentioned, are 
very well in agreement that that was Christ. And a pre-Christmas, if you'll let me use the term, a pre-Christmas experience. And why did he not reassure Joshua that he was on his side? That's a big question. Let me tell you, the question is not which side is he on, but the question is, what side are you on? What side are you on? Listen. Joshua wanted to know what to do. And I'm needing to get you on my side. And God said, "Uh uh-uh. I'm not on your side. You're supposed to be on my side. And I don't know if you fully grasp the meaning of that. But you can go around all day long telling God. Now, God, right here. Come on, right here. And look, i got to have this. And you can do it. Look, get out of that. Get out of that. Well, I'm, I'm confused. I don't have an answer yet. Keep on walking. Don't give up. Don't stop. Don't go back. Just live and walk in, it in the Spirit of God. You see, Joshua wanted to know what to do. And in politics, in church politics, in religious politics, in the news media politics, in American politics and other politics, everybody's trying to find out who's on whose side. How are you going to vote? Well, I think we'll do this. And that stuff starts. And guess what you have? Say it out loud, confusion. A long time ago, we didn't have that confusion. When you read the New Testament, I'm going to shock the daylights out of you. And you're going to cry, oh, he's not even an American anymore. Oh, after the Holy Ghost came, they didn't have any more elections. There were no more. There was not. There's not one place. From there at the end of the Bible, where it's ever mentioned again. Somebody said, what they do? I'll tell you exactly what they did in the book of Acts. You can read it yourself. It said, they prayed, and it seemed good to us, and the Holy Ghost. And when they prayed, and everybody said, that's what I feel led of God to do. And that's what the Holy Ghost confirmed. Let's do what the Holy Ghost says. Won't you give God a hand clap here? My God. Amen. Give God a little praise. And in our day to day, we don't no more care about God's will than anything. Mostly. And I'm not being offensive. Well, maybe a little bit, but... <laughs> But, but when, when will we ever get that? You see, here, here's Joshua. Now, God, you've got to get over here. You've got to help me. We've got all these people. You, you brought us across the Jordan. You did this. You did that. Oh, Moses died on Pisgah up there, and, and he died in the Lord. You know, Moses didn't even get a decent burial, according to man. He died in the Lord, and God buried him. Nobody knows where he is. And the devil even went to God. How many of y'all know this is in the Bible? He went to God and said, God, I want his body. I want to find out where it is. And God wouldn't tell him. And the devil does not even know where, where Moses is buried right now. But I know, I know that his physical body is there, but his spirit. And then God resurrected him and brought him back to the Mount of Transfiguration, the book of New Testament. Y'all ought to be on your feet right by now, praising God for miracles that God has the ability to do. Are you hearing what I'm trying to say? When you are confused here, God is working somewhere else, and he's getting it lined up for you in the power of God. He's lining it up. So just hear what he says. And do what he says. It's that simple. We spend far too much time trying to figure out God's plan. 
We need to figure out his position and not just his plan. Dun, 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 dun. How does God stand on this? How does God stand on this? And, and, and if I know where he is, I can be better at getting in on what he's doing. It's when I'm clueless and I'm careless and I hadn't prayed, hadn't read my word, hadn't been to church, hadn't been to a Bible study. I was busy. God, you know, didn't, you know, he just had too much going on in my life and I'm trying to make ends meet and I'm this and I'm that and I'm the other and people just don't understand. I, you know, I'm so important. I, I, yeah, yeah, just go on and on. Look, look, look at me, hear me. I love you so much to tell you the truth. And that is that when you look at what's going on in our lives today, we've got to get to the point to where we say, God, I want your will. And I've got a Jericho in front of me, and the walls are keeping me out of the promise. And in Jesus' name, I'm going to realize that you're working somewhere else. Hallelujah. And God is going to meet your need. But you've got to let Him do it. That's when we get mixed up in it. I was preaching in Canton, California. And uh, they always used to play baseball in camp. I don't think they play baseball much anymore. I think that's for people over 60. You know, play softball and they run to first base and then they have to have a pinch runner because they're out of air, you know. And, oh, come on, don't look so innocent. <laughs> I just can't hardly figure that out. But anyhow, uh, we were out there and uh, in this, this district youth the leader, that DYD out there, he raised his kids in the love of God. Man, they knew Jesus in a great way. And his little old boy ran out there when he hit a ball, and he slid into first base and not even needing to. He skinned his little old knee up, and he came walking back to his daddy, rubbing his knee and holding it, rubbing it and holding it. And he said, Daddy, my knee is bleeding. Would you please pray for it and tell him uh, to ask God to have it stop hurting? And his dad just reached out, put his hand on his head. I stood right there, and he said, Oh, God, heal my little boy here in Jesus' name and stop this from hurting. Amen. Now go on, boy, and have a good time. That kid just took off running. About three or four minutes, I looked up, and he's standing over again. His dad said, what do you want? He said, I came back to ask you to tell him to hurry up. (laughs) He hadn't done it yet. Come on, quit looking so innocent. I know good and well you've told God to hurry up. (laughs) Duh. Amen. We just want... God to do it all. Oh, God, do this. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. You do this for me. Look, we have to do some things, right? All right, let me leave it alone. It's just too much fun. Sickness, what's your wall? Uh, Job situation, having lived through adolescence, and then wondering if your kids are going to be able to make it through adolescence. That'll put you to Jericho Wall, won't it? I'll leave that alone. I've got notes everywhere. I'm just skipping them all. Uh, we, we have a, a wall of Jericho, and some people like, you know what some people's Jericho is? Look at me. Suicide. Man, I talk to people, and they say, I'm even contemplating killing myself. I, I, I've, I've had people tell me that not terribly long ago, just in more than one time. And... Uh, and then uh, for millions, that, that is it. N- another person could have alcohol, drugs, street drugs. 
promiscuity, handicap, uh, a Pharisee spirit, uncertain future, confusion, obscure. I don't have an answer. Would you help me? Would you speak to me? Will you do this? Will you do that, God? Hurry up! And sometimes we don't understand that every step we take is one step closer to a deliverance and the power of God because God is working over there while you're heading toward Him right here. Everybody shout hallelujah. That's what He's doing. Okay, now watch this very close because it's going to get powerful starting right now. Did you know what your Jericho is? It could be a barrier, a personal struggle, anything like that, a trouble in life, and you have to let God deal with all the false gods in your life. Now, Joshua's day had a few false gods that may be different from your false gods. Here are some of our false gods. Possessions. Four jobs to get ahead. Build up your money and ruin your health. And then spend all of your money you built up trying to get your health back. Is that sensible? Does that make sense to anybody here besides me? Here's, here's one, of our, one of our other ones. And that is that it's called prominence. Prominence. I have to be somebody. There's got to be an office for me. I know there's a spot. I'm just trying to find my spot. Why don't you just fill your spot? Because God's working on the other end out there. And, well, I don't understand, and I don't like this because I need to know my future. If you have read your Bible, you know your future. You remember my old, old story when I was a kid in school? They made us read books. I don't think I ever read a book in school. Amen. I'm honest. I, I never did homework. My, my, my sister did. <laughs> She's National Honor Society. I was in the Dumbo class. And my brother did homework. I didn't do any homework. I'd leave, the, <laughs> I'd leave my books in the, in the locker at the school. Uh, that, and that, that's honestly true. Hey, you kids, don't do that. All right? Don't you dare do that. Study. Study hard. Read a whole lot. Get it, get it figured out. I, uh, but I was in school, and, and uh, I, I was trying to figure things out. And in the middle of all of that, uh, they told me, if you're going to ever be anybody, if you're going to ever be anybody, you've got to do this, you've got to do that. And they pounded that thing in the 1960s in my life. If you're going to be somebody, you've got to do this. And if this doesn't work, then nothing else will work. And they pounded us and pounded us on that. And uh, I'd be in school, and I wouldn't do homework, and, and I wouldn't read a book. And they told us one time to write a book report, and I just opened up my book. And when I did, on the, on the inside flyleaf there, that paper cover, is something about the book. And then on the back side of it is something else about the book. Remember that? So I just wrote that. And I was not smart enough to figure out at the bottom of that first page there it said, uh, refer to back page. And so I wrote that in the middle of my deal. 
Jana, I'm teaching you school teachers something about students like me. Oh, you already know. Yeah. How many school teachers we have in this house right now? They're here, back yonder, some up here, back over there. We got school teachers, right? Look, guys, there are students around like I used to be. Be merciful. Look how I turned out. <laughs> just kidding. I'm just kidding. Come on and grin. All right, let, let, let's, do, let's do this wrap-up. So it could be possessions. It could be prominence. It could be pleasure. Uh-huh. It could be pleasure. Uh, how long could I dwell on that subject? Then I'll leave it right quickly now. And then prowess. Prowess. That's when you have this extraordinary ability to excel. I'm going to be the head of the class. I'm going to be number one. I'm going to be this, and I'm going to be that, and I'm going to be the other. And you finally get that going so strong in your head that you want to be distinguished as the head of the class in any field in life so you can look at me now, look at me now, so you can make your mark on society. And I know people like that. And they're walking in obscurity, not realizing right over there, there's an Ananias getting a word from God for me. Right over there, there's a burning bush where God's going to lead me from. Right over there, there's going to be a butler that's going to help save my life. Right over there, there's going to be an angel that's going to tell me about this woman that I'm about to marry who's pregnant out of wedlock. Right over there, God's already got it lined up. But we get in a rush and we push it past provision. Wow. Everybody say amen. May I tell you that there is no possessing Canaan until you deal with your own private Jericho and you get those walls down. And here is how to do it. How may I conquer? Number one, everybody say out loud with me, by faith. Say that again, by faith. The just shall live by faith. Are you ready to quote this one? Without faith it is impossible to please God. Faith. Preacher, this is not the faith age. It better be. It better be. You cannot consult the computer for everything you need. Say amen to that. You cannot consult the computer for everything. Oh, I read it on the Internet. It's got to be right. Three words for that. Baloney, baloney, baloney. Everybody grin and say amen. Say out loud, baloney. Yeah, now, if you don't know what baloney is, read on the package, and you'll, you won't eat it. <laughs> That's baloney. Look at me. This is the faith age. This is the hour when it's going to take you to get up and say, God... I don't have this figured out. I don't know why there's school shootings and mall shootings. And I don't know why ISIS and the Taliban are still blowing up people. I don't know why, God, that there's this and there are people flying airplanes in the building. I don't know why this is going on and that's going on. God, would you give me some answers? And God is trying to say to you, get anchored. Your faith will not ever, ever fail. God is on your side. 
There's a mountain in front of you, but I'm bigger than the mountain. I'm the God of heaven and earth. I created it all. I'm in charge. And the day will come when I'll bring down the gavel. And when I do, the world will understand that I'm still God Almighty. I'm from the eternal past to the eternal future. There's none beside me. Get in line. Overcome the confusion and walk it to the end and you'll have a crown of life. My God, somebody give God a hand clap of praise. Amen. That's where it is. And Jericho, Jericho will fall. The ram's horns were blown. And when they were blown, everybody was shouting, rejoicing and praising God. And it was because the captain of the Lord's host showed up in the middle of it all. Now listen to this. He showed up in the middle of it all. And the man of God said, well, wait a minute. Now who are you? Are you on my side or theirs? And he said, I'm on nobody's side. I'm trying to get you on my side. Who's on the Lord's side right now? Amen? Who's on the Lord's side right now? So let's not bow our heads or close our eyes. Okay, let's not do that today. I believe in that. And I, I think it's okay to do it. And I've done it a thousand times. Well, let me retract that. Maybe 5,000 times. Okay? But right now, don't be embarrassed. I'm not going to make an example out of you. I'm not going to make you a public example. I'm not going to make you stand up and everybody stare. I'm not going to do anything like that to you. So relax. Everybody exhale. Okay? Now listen. Uh, I do want you to inhale again right quick. Okay? Don't. Uh, but, but while you're there right now, how many of you are either in or coming through or have been in Great obscurity and confusion in your life. Could I see your hand? Would you raise it up? Sure. All across here. How many of y'all remember one time in your life when you were really confused? And I mean, you, 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 you were directionless. What am I, where do I go, God? You know, hey, what, what, what can I do? And, and when that happens, guess what? God is trying to talk to you. God's trying to say something to you. He's trying to say, don't you know I'm working on the other end? I'm working on that end down there. Don't quit. Don't give up. Don't go back. I already let you eat some of Canaan's food before you had even got the walls down. I had the, the, the cloud for you. I had the manna for you. I had every bit of this for you. It was all yours. I'm still here. Now, if anybody in this crowd today in your confusion or in your obscurity, in that obscure position, if anybody here wants specific prayer, I mean, you're interested in getting some help. And, and I'm not asking all of you to get up. I promise I wouldn't do that. I already told you that. But if there is anybody here that would like to have help with that today, and you know it, and it's not embarrassing, it's not a sin, uh, would you rise 